Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to Better Living. I'm your host, Nick Carissimi. Today we are talking about zero prostate cancer. Specifically, zero prostate cancer's run and walk that they have coming up here in October on the 6th. Joining me on the line is Brad Nowlin. In his normal everyday life, he is a marriage family therapist in Fort Worth, but he's got a great story that connects to this organization, and it all kind of revolves around this run from last year. Brad, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Nick. Uh, How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Yeah, having a great day. All right. Well, thank you again. Okay, so uh, this organization, their goal is to eliminate prostate cancer, which I was doing research today. It's a shockingly common disease. Over 12,000 men are diagnosed this year alone in the state of Texas. When you think about that, it's awfully scary. Brad, you are a survivor, and you have, like I said, an interesting connection to this race. So let's let's start there. You went to this race last year, correct? Yes, it was October, uh, I think October 7th of last year, and I've been running 5Ks to stay in shape and when I lived in Kansas City, I, I think I did a couple of prostate cancer runs up there, but they were just as, you know, just the race. It was uh, sort of the noise. I did the ovarian cancer run as well, and I really <laughs> didn't think much about that cause either. I knew it was a good cause, and I knew there were a lot of good causes for, for these 5K runs. And and I did this run, and I was a little bit upset because the run was short course. They'd actually made a mistake on the distance, 3.1 miles is the the distance that it should be. And I was sort of ruminating about you know, my time could have been better. And then there's that guy that always beats me, and he was there. And I was kind of walking around the perimeter of the um, event, and they and I knew people were on stage and speaking, but it was noise to me. I didn't hear it at all. And I walked over to an area, and they had a free PSA test and a draw. And I thought, well, I'm here. What's the downside? So I was able to get the draw, and then they sent the results in, and it, I found out that my PSA was elevated and, uh, surprisingly, um, looked like I had something worth testing and then subsequently uh, did have a, a biopsy and found out I did have prostate cancer. One of my big questions is going to be why you went last year. I didn't know if you are going to be supporting a family member. You just wanted to run. Right. I've been doing anywhere from 12 to 25 Ks a year, and it's just fun to get out and to compete and to run. And that's why this was such a a shock, because I thought, well, I'm in great shape. I'm 60 years old. I'm enjoying these runs. It doesn't matter what the cause is. I'm just there to have fun. (laughs) What's your 5K time? I think I'm around 26 now. I was around 25 then. And, um, you know, it's, it's rebuilding because I did have surgery about three months ago, and it's it's starting over in a way. When you say PSA levels, what are we talking about? I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, PSA is the prostate uh, antigen level or prostate something that has to do with uh, a score, and it's it's what the doctor tests people on 
uh, men when we get to be middle-aged, and they'll uh, run run a test through the blood and find out if your prostate antigens are elevated. Did you get those results on site? No, no. They had to send it in, and I got a, a ma- had it mailed to me, and then I saw that it was elevated, and they may have called as well, but uh, in any event, it was a free PSA test, and I thought, this is pretty cool. But I certainly didn't expect it to come out the way it did. You're out having fun. You take a who cares type test, at least at the time, and then mm-hmm. you get these results in the mail later. When you're reading this stuff, was it adding up to you, or did you have to go to a doctor to help decipher this and really figure out what kind of trouble you were in? Yeah, I had to go to the doctor and, and get a biopsy, and uh, and that that part you know, was, was uh, not terribly pleasant. But then uh, my wife and I... Uh, I think it was mid-January, came back for the results, and I don't think I'll ever forget, you know, the anticipation we had, and I was trying to run the prob- probabilities in my mind in terms of my age and whatnot, thinking, what are the chances I have cancer? What are the chances he's going to say you don't have cancer? But really paying very close attention to what he said. And he did say, you have prostate cancer, you know, and it's like, wow. And then he prefaced or followed up by saying, it's not, you know, a death sentence. This is a speed bump, and that was very helpful for him to put it in context and give me that perspective because it, it's very treatable. It's very addressable. There's a number of ways to address it depending on the severity of it, and um, it was good to hear that. When the check engine light on my car goes off, my anxiety and stress levels shoot through the roof until I know exactly what the issue is. You have a really different more important thing happening here. Looking back on this, do you think that you managed that anxiety going into the doctor, figuring out what was actually wrong with you? Did you do you think that you handled that well? Well, of course, I'm a trained professional, and I help people with anxiety and depression, so of course I can't do it. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the reality is I, I, I know a lot, but uh, that doesn't mean I always uh, act on what I know, so I did have some anxiety, but I think even the word cancer... Um, I don't care who you are, it's going to uh, have some anxiety because it's it's a fear of the unknown. And in many ways, um, uncertainty invites projection. So not knowing what, what it was, you know, created that desire to project, well, what if this and what if that? And so I've got a wonderful wife and she's been very supportive and, you know, talking with it, talking about it with her and my family and my friends has been uh, probably the best way to deal with it. And, and trying to read and study it and know a little bit more about it. I feel this is a real common question when you talk about people that are diagnosed with an illness. They talk about, did you have any symptoms? Were you feeling bad? We already know that you were in excellent health based on how much running you were doing and how active you were. But was there anything going on with you health-wise that was a red flag, or was this completely out of the blue? Absolutely nothing. I, completely out of the blue. And I still am kind of shocked. I turned 60 and then... I have this happen, and I'm like, well, how, how did this happen? I was everything was going great, and now that I've turned 60, I've I've hit this speed bump. So no no symptoms, no signs, nothing whatsoever. And and that's probably why it's so important, Nick, to have people do the test because if you rely on you know symptoms or something to to be tested, it might be too late to address it in an effective way. An organization like this is working to raise money. Uh... An event like this, you get to go have fun, you can stay healthy, you can be a part of it to help raise money, but really they're offering something that is going to benefit your and your family's life, and it's something that didn't take long. 
I'm assuming. How long were you, how long did this test take you? The test took five minutes. So real quick, real easy. Actually, had you talked to a doctor about the timeline of this? So let's say you did not have this test and then you just kept living your life because you were so healthy. What effect was that going to have on you? It, it, again, it's so hard to, to predict, but suffice to say that the earlier you address cancer, the better. And so, you know, prostate cancer typically is not as fast spreading as other types of cancers. But nevertheless, the idea that you have cancer in your body and it's spreading is probably not a good idea to, to sit on for too long. So um, I get annual physicals and Perhaps it would have been, you know, I'm sure it would have been caught, you know, at the annual physical, which I just did. Uh, but it would have been, a, you know, um, three quarters of a year later. And uh, this way I got a jump on it and was able to address it successfully. How fast did you start treatment after your diagnosis? They, I, uh, the, uh, the, they said I had up to six months. They recommended I do it in six months. And I wanted to enjoy life and run and um because there's a lot of uncertainty about what happens after surgery or radiation or these type treatments. So my wife and I were kind of kicking the numbers back and forth in terms of how long can I afford to wait? You know, I wanted to wait until the very, very end. And she was kind of like, honey, you, you, you've got cancer. You need to pay attention to that. And she was pushing for me doing it sooner. So uh, ended up uh, doing it in May after the diagnosis in January. So I, I, we sort of reached a compromise on that. Are you happy that you handled it that way? I think that a lot of times when you talk to people about these subjects, they it's almost like they walk straight into another room and start some kind of therapy. I think I had enough time to to uh, evaluate it and really uh, study it and enjoy life. I was able to run some, some 5Ks before I went into surgery and have a normal life. Of course, the fear of, of cancer with that uncertainty um, was also post-surgery, what, what, what's going to happen? How am I going to be? And reading a lot about it, you just uh, there's a lot of uncertainty. So I didn't know, but it's turned out uh, very favorably so far. So I feel good about waiting as long as I did, but at the same time, I also feel very fortunate and lucky that it's turned out as well as it has. I was reading on the website, zerocancer.org, that there's a lot of different treatments for this illness. Did you just do the surgery? Or did you have other treatments done? Well, I thought about initially doing the radiation because that seemed like the least intrusive and least you know, problematic. But at the same time, when I read more and talked to more people, I have family members who've had prostate cancer. I have friends. I talked to a lot of different people. And just in terms of the decision-making, it is an incredibly complex decision um, because you'll talk to different doctors and they'll recommend different uh, approaches. But it really came down to radiation versus surgery, and I opted for the surgery um, but I know people whose whose cancer was less pronounced than mine who did the radiation and are just are doing just fine. So it's a complicated decision, and there's a lot of advances with proton therapy and other technologies coming online that they're really changing and making hopefully better progress in the treatment of the disease. Were you surprised at what you learned when you started researching this disease? You're talking about doing a lot of reading and a lot of research, and I think your background as a professional is going to help you to decipher and figure out this information probably better than the layman. Uh, was there anything surprising or shocking that you found out about this as you were doing research? Well, I think one of the initial things that I thought was interesting is how similar it is to breast cancer in terms of the number of people diagnosed and the number of people who die annually, and there were a lot of parallels, and I thought, well, Surely I know breast cancer, and, you know, we wear 
pink and we support breast cancer and I've done the Susan Komen run you know several times and so breast cancer's out there prostate cancer not so much and maybe it's because men we're not as comfortable talking about it sure. uh, another aspect as you as you mentioned I I you know had to research a lot but I wasn't really familiar with where the prostate was in the body I don't really you know get into the inner plumbing or think much about it and so it was having to educate myself on all of that and learn about uh, things that I didn't really have any interest in before. I absolutely have to agree with you. I was doing research before this interview, and I realized I don't know anything <laughs> really about the prostate and how common this disease is. Once again, the website, zerocancer.org, the facts are on there, but one in nine men will get prostate cancer at some point in their lifetime. Every 18 minutes, an American male dies of prostate cancer. I was shocked at how common this is. And like you were saying, it really doesn't get talked about very much. You're right. And, and as, I think it's as men get older, it you know, obviously correlates with age to some, to some degree. And you have more and more men. You talk to men in their you know, 70s and 80s, and they probably are very familiar with prostate cancer because they've known people and known friends and, and family members who may have had it. So... Um, I suspect it'll become more, um, people become more aware of it as they age, but I think the important thing, you know, in my case, and particularly for men who are younger, is to get tested and make sure you're on top of it, because this is preventable. This is not, this is a, an unforced error if you don't get tested and you end up with prostate cancer. I think that's a really good point. During your research or when you were talking to doctors, did they say when you should start worrying about this or being tested for it? Because I think a lot of times people associate this disease with being older. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I think that the doctors start doing it, you know, at 40 or 50, and, and uh, I'm not sure the exact time when it's recommended, but uh, it does tend to happen for, you know, for men as we're older. But uh, I've known, heard about some other men who had it when they were younger, you know, and what's the downside with getting tested? You know, it's almost the analog to breast cancer. When women get tested for breast cancer, I'm not sure the ideal age, but it, it's once a year, get tested. I am speaking with Brad Nowlin. He is a cancer survivor, and he's working with Zero Prostate. They're going to have a big run called the Zero Prostate Cancer Run Walk. It's happening October 6th at Heart of the Ranch at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Details on their website, zerocancer.org. You just had your surgery in May. How are you feeling? Doing pretty good. I have a, a brother-in-law who uh, had it, the same surgery with the um, same surgeon, uh, and I uh, feel very good about it. He's doing great, and I'm doing great. So I get my PSA tested uh, later this month, so I'll be able to find out how, how good it went. But I think they said they took it all out, and there were no signs of cancer in outlying um, regions. So it, it looks looks good at this point, but at the same time, you know, once the C word's been dropped in your life, I think it, it's uh, it's just the reality that it could come back. How has that changed the way you look at life and especially your health? Well, I think it makes me more appreciative of what I do have and, and more grateful. I'm still working on cultivating patience. Nick, do you know where I can get some more patience? I'm really working on trying to cultivate it. But <laughs> I think um, one of the books had a great line that said, uh, when you have something like this, and in particular surgery, that pretty serious it changes you and the idea that you don't need to learn how to be patient you need to learn how to be very patient and i'm like, <laughs> I'm like okay i guess this is a good time of life to learn it were you a patient guy 
Uh, somewhat. I don't really think I am, but uh, at times I'm getting more patient and learning. And I have a younger brother who's a physician, and when I first had the diagnosis and was really, you know, the first couple of days in terms of being somewhat in shock about it, and he said, you know, Brad, this will make you a better person and this will make you a better therapist. And uh, that was very helpful to hear that from my brother, Scott. You mentioned that your brother-in-law also had the exact same surgery from the exact same surgeon. Was this going on at the same time? Well, he, he found out about it, and he just took he, – when he found out about it, I think he just jumped on it. He didn't wait like I did to, to sort of uh, give himself time to, to think about it. And so uh, he just jumped on it right away. And then, you know, we found out – you know, I think I found, he told me the, the day or two before he was doing it, and I said, that's great news because he's, he's the surgeon I'm going to use, and uh, he did his research, and he's doing well. Did this just happen to happen at the same time, or was he prompted to go get tested because of your results? I think it just, no, it just happened uh, independently and uh, randomly, I guess. Randomly, but according to the figures, it's really not that crazy that this happened. No, no, and and he's uh, a couple years older than me. He was there for for when when I had my surgery. He was there with my parents and uh, my wife and our minister, so it was great having him there and and to see him doing well gives me a lot of hope because he's six weeks ahead of me. Let's talk a little bit about your rehab after your surgery. How are you feeling physically? You were so active beforehand. What's it like right now? Uh, it's, it's really good, but I had to take four weeks off. And, uh, you know, the reality is <laughs> I needed to take four weeks off. And I think the first time I tried to exercise, I overdid it and had to take about three days to rehab, kind of deal with the fatigue. It just takes time to rebuild. Uh, when you when you have a, a major surgery like this, at the same time, you know I, I really think I did the right thing because I don't want to have any cancer in my body. I don't want to have to manage anything like that. Um, I don't know if I have full control over that, but I think I've given myself the best chance to have a healthy long life. It is kind of funny that you're you're complaining about a four week lapse in activity after having such a major surgery. I think that's a great attitude to have. Well, uh, I heard another great story from a, a therapist colleague of mine, and he told me about uh, when he was diagnosed with a type of cancer, and the doctor said to him, you've got uh, two choices. And my friend was thinking, well, he's going to talk about chemo or radiation or something, and the doctor said, you have two choices. You can have a good attitude or you can be dead. And, and being a therapist, were you able to use your techniques to help yourself stay positive? some degree it's easy easy to observe it in others and harder to monitor it in myself and you know I think talking to people um, you know talking to friends and family and talking about my fear I've got a great wife and you know but when you're dealing with cancer it's a scary diagnosis and the uncertainty of that is uh, is scary men in general we're not as good at support groups perhaps so there's probably you know women are better at having support groups for these type issues but uh, I think talking to other people, and I've had a, a wonderful number of friends and other people, acquaintances who've had it, call me and check in. And so we've got a little bit of a brotherhood here and uh, got lots of different advice from different people and uh, really uh, trying to stay in touch with them and have invited them all to come to this run. You do seem like the ideal patient. You're doing research, you're asking questions, you're talking to people, you're trying to manage stress. You do seem like you are a doctor's dream. Well, I, I, I tried to think the mindset of how do I become the ideal patient? How do I become the kind of patient where they say he was he did everything we wanted him to? Um, 
did I complain? Did I whine? Yeah, I did a little bit of that. And so uh, I was human as well, but at the same time I was trying to think about how can I make their job easier? How can I facilitate their progress and give myself the best chance? Um, you know, I think just interpersonal relationships, developing a, a sense of friendliness with the staff at the doctor's office never hurts. You mentioned bringing friends out to the race. Are you going to be there running this year? You betcha, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be the right distance, and uh, I'll do my best. I'm, I'm going to be uh, training for it. It'll be cooler here in Fort Worth, October 6th, and uh, the Clear Fork area, I don't know if you've been to it. It's a really beautiful area with a lot of nice restaurants and shopping malls and whatnot, and the race takes place along the river, so it's really a nice time of year here in Fort Worth, and uh a really great run up and down the Trinity River. What does this run mean to you this year as opposed to last year? Well, it means victory. It means that no matter how I place and no matter how my time is, and I know my wife would appreciate that as well, what matters is I'm running and winning because I get to be alive and I get to uh, support a good cause. Well, I really appreciate your time, your honesty, and your story. Brad Nallen is a prostate cancer survivor in part because he got a free prostate cancer screening test at last year's Zero Prostate Cancer Run Walk. This year's run is happening on October 6th at Heart of the Ranch at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Get tested, help raise money, have fun, be like Brad. Thank you so much, Nick. That's very kind of you. Thank you very much. Congratulations, and uh, good luck at the race. Thank you, sir. And that will do it for the 100th episode of this show. It kind of snuck up on me, but here we are. I absolutely love doing this program. I'd like to thank everyone that has ever come on this show. I think I've interviewed over 150 different organizations, probably almost 200 different people, all about charities and nonprofits in North Texas, in our areas. Again, thank you to everyone that has been a part of this show. I hope you enjoy listening as much as I enjoy producing it. Uh, I'd also like to thank my guests for today. Brad Nallen is with ZeroCancer.org. They're having that big run walk happening on October 6th in Fort Worth. Details at ZeroCancer.org. I'd also like to thank T.D. Smyers, President and CEO of the United Way of Tarrant County. You can find them online at UnitedWayTarrant.org. I'm Nick Carissimi. Join me again next time on Better Living. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.